1: Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to your Friday, August 12th edition of the Valentine's News podcast here on Big Blue View Radio. And uh, we have a game to review. The first New York Giants preseason game of 2022. Giants defeated the Patriots on Thursday night, 23-21, which the final score is probably the the least important aspect of the entire game. And, uh, you know, here to to help me break down some of, of what we saw is Patricia Trainer of Locked On Giants and Giants Country. How you doing today, Patty?
2: I'm doing great. It was nice to actually see a real football game, a real Giants football game, even though it doesn't count. And uh, a lot of interesting stuff to come out of uh, Brian Dable's head coaching debut, again, even though it was only preseason.
1: Yeah, really, really interesting to get to see, you know, we see training camp practices, but then it ratchets up to a whole different level and we see some different things once that once the preseason games start. So just let me start with this, Patty, just your sort of generic overview, generic take on on what we saw last night.
2: I was encouraged because in the past, the first preseason game, the Giants would often come out and look just totally bad. I mean, there was not a whole lot to get excited about in the first preseason game. They would look rusty. They would look like they're, they were miles away from, from resembling a competent football team. I thought last night they did some a lot of good things. I mean, it wasn't perfect. It was a mixed bag but there was a lot to be encouraged by um, from the first team all the way down to the, to the backup. So that regard, I'm, I'm encouraged. And I think that, you know, it's early, yes, but it's a step in the right direction.
1: And I thought, you know, the other thing to, to, uh, or one of the things to talk about, you know, you, you talked about the giants sort of, you know, looking a little better than they have in other preseason games. And Brian Dable addressed the, uh, the the operation on the sidelines. And I was encouraged. And I think he was encouraged by no wasted timeouts, no confusion. And my immediate thought when I read his comments about that was, I think that, that this largely shows the difference between the types of coaching staffs that were here the last two years and the staff that the that has put together, which is a veteran NFL experienced staff of guys that have been around. They haven't all necessarily worked together, but, but this is a coaching staff that has a ton of N- NFL experience and, and understands what the NFL game is and, and, and how to conduct one.
2: Yeah, that, and also, um, you kind of get the impression that Dable lets his assistant coaches do what they need to do. He doesn't micromanage them. And, you know, we, we talk about this all the time. We talk about how, you know, ideally you want to have a CEO head coach, a guy who oversees everything. What you don't want is that CEO to suddenly micromanage. And I didn't get that impression just based on, you know, what we saw. Um, You know, there were decisions made, obviously uh, the the fourth, the, 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 uh, the replay challenge, I, I was like, okay, you know, why not? I, I know you, you yeah. question that, but nah, look. Just it,
1: who, you, who wants a replay challenge in the fourth quarter of a preseason? Yeah, but you know, it's of part of the operation. You, I, I, I it's know. It's part of the operation. But I was ready to go to sleep at that point, Patty. <laughs> oh gosh, you're hopeless.
2: <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, you know, like I said, you see, you think of a CEO, head coach you think of a guy who's involved in every aspect of it but not micromanaging i didn't get that sense with dable that he micromanaged you know kafka was upstairs calling the plays um initially i think dable had said the plan was for both he and Wink Martindale to be down on the field. But at the last minute, I guess Kafka said, Hey, I want to go upstairs, which is fine. Um, and there were no substitution issues. There were no, you know, it, it, it was a smooth operation, which as you said, is important considering this is the first time this staff is really working together on a game day.
1: All right. Let's, uh, let's talk about the, the first team offense. Saw so a two series field goal on the first, uh, on the first series off a, uh, a drive that took 12 plays. I thought, you know, Daniel Jones looked decisive, was good to see him run the ball without hesitation, was good to see him say that he didn't think about his neck. I thought Saquon Barkley looked decisive, you know, kind of what we've seen in training camp where he, he hit holes, he got North and South, he, you know, and and he, you know, he took the ball up the field. I thought the offensive line did fine. The only hiccup with that with that first group was uh, was Kenny Galladay's hands.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know what's up with Kenny Galladay. I mean, he for a a brief stretch there, he looked like he was finally settling into that offense. But my gosh, a forgettable game for him last night. I mean, that one route that he ran, I was like, oh, my goodness, what are you doing, Kenny? he yeah. he runs if he runs that thing properly maybe he scores you know gets into yeah. the to it, the end it zone it just
1: it just looked like the last thing on earth he expected was to have the ball thrown to him which which was kind of weird
2: yeah it, 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 maybe it was a miscommunication i don't know but i wasn't very impressed you know to be honest with you with the effort i i thought it was a lazy route by him
1: oh sure but but the rest of the first team offense i think you know obviously Kadarius tony didn't play and and you know sterling shepherd is still you know not practicing but but what we saw and it it, the giants didn't show everything that's in their bag of tricks obviously but what we saw i thought was encouraging
2: yeah i mean you got to start someplace and there was a lot of good you know it wasn't perfect no it wasn't but the offensive line held up pretty well, I thought, with, with, for the most part with the pass protection. There were some hits against Daniel, and I think he got sacked on the second series, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, you know, speaking of the offensive line, another injury, that was not good news. You know, uh, actually, they had two injuries on the offensive line, uh, Shane Lemieux with the toe and uh, Jameel Douglas with the ankle. Though That's the last position in the world they, want, they needed injuries at, but... Um, you know, overall, I didn't think Evan Neal looked bad, you know, for his first outing. Um, this John Feliciano, no bad snaps. Uh Mark Lewinsky looked good, Andrew Thomas looked good. I mean, overall the line, not not exactly, you know, horrible. So that was encouraging considering, you know, the past and how that unit has been such a thorn in the team's side.
1: No, I think I think we'll take functional at this point, Daddy. Yes. Sounds now, let's- good. Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about the first team defense. And I think that uh, that as soon as we do that, I think we have to talk about the uh, the up and down night that Aaron Robinson had. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Judge just... was not very nice to him last
2: night. Though. Come <laughs> on, Joe they kept throwing the ball right at him. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, listen, you had to test him. You know, Aaron Robinson, I think we can both agree, has looked really decent in training camp in the practices going against his own guys, which now makes you sit here and wonder, Hmm, are his guys just not as good or what's going on there? But the uh, point being is, you know, Aaron Robinson, they were throwing at him. They were targeting. I don't think Dory Jackson got targeted once all game long. I could be wrong, but I don't, i didn't see anything go his way.
1: No, I think um, you're right.
2: Aaron Robinson. I was kind of surprised, you know, he's a very aggressive player. And I think, the Patriots kind of used that aggressiveness against him, if you will, by targeting him, you know, on the touchdown pass that he gave up, he held the guy and the guy still was able to wiggle free and make the catch. So, you know, that was a little bit alarming. I'd like to think it was just a bad night and that next week, Aaron Robinson will have a better showing, but You know, between that and then the backup depth that we saw that, you know, I don't think anybody really stood out amongst the cornerbacks. Maybe you can make a case for Darren Evans, who I've been beating the drum for now for I don't know how many weeks, Um, but nobody really stood out. And I'm sitting there and I'm saying to myself, my gosh, if they don't start pulling it together, this team's going to have cornerback high on its list once the cuts are made.
1: Absolutely. I think I think there's no doubt that that's the case, Patty. I just thought I want to chalk Aaron Robinson's night up to to learning experience. You know, and and that's that's the best case scenario really is that he learns from that uh, the taunting penalty. That you know, was iffy. Whether, whether it was iffy or not, you know, guys have to understand the way that the way things are called in the NFL now. If you stand over a player and make any sort of a gesture you're going to get a flag and, sure and and i think that was a good reminder for aaron robinson that you know walk away or turn yeah. your back and celebrate you yeah. know turn your back and celebrate because then you're not taunting the guy but you know it's uh it, the the john mara rule is a little bit ridiculous when it comes to taunting but uh but but still you know just just walk away from the guy and then celebrate uh guy that uh that got to start last night and made a couple of impressive plays on defense guy that, uh, that we've been talking about a lot, you know, during training camp is sixth round pick Darien Beavers, mm. a couple plays in the backfield last night, a uh, guy who um, wink Martindale said, you know, has been playing the mic behind Blake Martinez so far and filled in for Martinez last night. first, for a sixth round pick this guy has looked really really good in camp and 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 looked good again last night thoughts on Beavers
2: yeah you know what I really like about this coaching staff you know coaches always say we want to find out what our guys do best and put them in the position to do what they do best this coaching staff apparently really dug into Beavers's background I think Beavers Um, might've played safety at one point. I think um, he might've done some work on the offensive side, going back to high school. So just taking some of those skill sets that he acquired along the way from his high school days up through college um, and just saying, okay, how can we translate these or or apply them to what we're doing on defense? And I think the coaching staff has done a really good job of that. Beavers has just looked so at home. Um, If, uh, (coughs) excuse me, If you had said to me at the start of uh, the summer that uh, Beavers would be the guy we'd be talking about, I'd be like, nah, he's probably going to be a practice squatter. He's a legitimate uh, guy who looks like he could be a starter. I mean, you know, Blake Martinez isn't going to be here beyond this year. He's still coming off of that ACL. How nice is it to know that they have a guy who you know we call him an inside linebacker, but I think Beavers is more positionless because he can do so many things. How nice is it to have a guy like that that you know can step in for for the veteran?
1: Yeah, and it's really interesting too, Patty, because we've talked about this before. I mean, if you're going to be if you're going to be a good team long term, you know, you have to draft well. You have to hit on your first round picks. You have to hit on your second round picks, but you also occasionally have to hit on one of those day 3 picks you have to get more than you might expect from one of those day 3 picks and you know it's it's way early to to proclaim Darian Beaver's a successful day 3 pick but he's but he's showing hints that that he might be a guy you know who could be one of those day 3 steals
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, the more of those you can get, the better. So, you know, look, and that's also a credit, not just to, to the scouting staff, but it's a credit to the young man because he has come in and he has worked at it. He has been one of the hardest workers um, in camp. There's, and there's been a lot of them make no mistake about that, but um, you know, some guys, they come in and they say, Oh, I'm a draft pick. You know, I'm, I'm on scholarship. I got nothing to worry about. Not this kid. You could see it. He plays every snap like it's going to be his last one. And that's a testament to what's inside the head and what's inside the chest.
1: There you go. Patty, one more guy on the defensive side that I want to talk about. And it Kayvon Thibodeau is a guy who we've talked a ton about throughout training camp. And now that the odd thing about Kayvon Thibodeau's training camp thus far is that I think he's been very impactful. He's drawn a ton of penalties. You know, he's, he's always sort of around and and he's always, you know, kind of, you know, he's involved. And yet I can't clearly think of a lot of times where he just blasted into the backfield and made what would have been a sack or made what would have been a big tackle for loss and I think he played 14 or 15 plays last night. And there are people in the comments at Big Big Blue View going, did Kayvon Thibodeau play? He didn't make any sacks. He didn't make any impact. You know, give give me a break, people. He drew a penalty, you know, on a false start where the guy obviously wanted to get off the line and make sure he could block Thibodeau. He was involved in a couple of plays. We're talking about 14 plays of the guy's first action as a pro. And at this point in time, I have no worries about Kayvon Thibodeau. I, I love the way the guys work so far. So just just your thoughts on, on Thibodeau and, and whether you agree with me or not.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, you're not going to get a sack on every single play. You're not going to get into the backfield on every single play. You know, for those who are old enough to remember Lawrence Taylor, who I think we can all say was the greatest linebacker to ever play the game. Did Lawrence Taylor have a sack on every single one of his snaps? No. Sometimes it's just the guy's presence that can have an impact on the game. And, you know, you mentioned that the uh, Patriots uh, jumped offside or or, or had a false start rather because they were trying to get into position to to block the young man. You mentioned some pass breakups that that, uh, Thibodeau made. Those plays are I mean, they count just, you know, yeah, they're they're not not they're
1: not flashy, but they're not flashy.
2: They're not sexy, but but they count, (laughs) you know, they stop the the opponent from from moving down the field. So, you know, and then here's the other thing you got to remember, Wink Martindale put out a very vanilla defense last night so we weren't seeing the exotic blitzes and the stunts and the twists and all the cool things that we've been seeing in practice so you got to take that into consideration i mean anybody who sits there and says oh you know Kayvon tibeto thibodeau was was invisible no he wasn't invisible you know yeah the stats you know if you go by the stats you could say ah he didn't really do much but his presence i think was a big factor, and and uh, I think for the first time in a while, the Giants have a guy on defense um, who opposing defensive uh, Excuse me, opposing offensive coordinators really need to sit and think about how th- how they're going to stop this guy.
1: All right, Patty, I do want to talk about some other players, some of the second and third team guys, but I think that uh, you mentioned the injury to Shane Lemieux, and I think I think at this point we have to talk about about the injuries and we'll find out later on today from brian dable you know if they have any more information on on lemieux's toe injury the jameel douglas also with an ankle injury cordale flott with a groin injury and 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 i think about the lemieux injury and and it's like is the kid snake bit or or what and and the other thing is Is the offensive line, you know, this year going to be the the position of choice where the Giants suffer all their all their big injuries?
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, it's it's brutal playing in the pit. I mean, there's no question about it. But uh, yeah, the the Lemieux injuries, a little bit of a concern for me because think about it. You know, who's their backup center now? I mean, Douglas was doing it. He's got the ankle. Lemieux looked good doing it in a few snaps and he's got the toe, he was in a walking boot last night um, after suffering the injury. I don't know if it was turf toe or what happened, but if it's turf toe, they, they say turf toe can take a while and it could be very painful to come back from that. So, so yeah, I mean, and this is why it's so important that, you know, the giants have depth on that, on that offensive line. Now, Josh Wazudu, who came in and I think he was questionable because he had gotten banged up. He was able to play. But you can bet anything that that um, the Giants are going to be holding workouts in the coming weeks or or the coming days, I should say. And they're going to be on the lookout for more offensive line because you can never have too many offensive linemen. And also, you got to look at, you know, did some of the guys who maybe we thought might have been on the bubble get a reprieve now because, you know, of this injury situation on the offensive line? So, yeah, you know, that unit is so important to build continuity And to have the same five guys if you can, but it's just so hard to do it because like you said, there's injuries. And I feel for Shane Lemieux because, you know, he spoke to the media last week or, or, you know, a few days ago, whatever it was, and he was happy. He was excited. He was really, you know, loving what the offense was doing. And he was glad he was finally feeling better from, from the knee injury. And then to see this, I mean, it's got to be devastating for the guy.
0: And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Absolutely. But, you know, when you you talk about developing depth and the one guy who really sort of maybe, you know, made a or made a an impression last night was Ben Bredesen. Yeah. I think he played 64 snaps. He played pretty much exclusively at the center position. You know, he's made some, he's made some, some (laughs) poor snaps throughout training camp, but we didn't see any last night. He, he seemed to hold up well in the middle. Mm -hmm. He seemed to snap. Well, Brian Dable, you know, said after the game that he was impressed. And, You know, the guy played 64 snaps last night, which had to be a whole lot more than than he planned on playing. So, yeah, when you look at that, that competition there in the on the inside with Bredesen and and Max Garcia and and Jameel Douglas, I think that that Ben Bredesen, when you look at the at the backup guys, Bredesen jumped to the front of the line last night.
2: Yeah. And he was one of the guys uh, before the game that I had as my veterans who, who basically need to you know, show something because we hadn't really seen anything or a whole lot from him, I think, in the in the training camp practices. But he did have a solid game. And again, sometimes, you know, the injury situation will, will push a guy up to up the, the ladder, if you will. But listen, Bredesen came through when it mattered and that was in a game scenario. Now, can he continue to build on that? That's what we need to see. Um, there's an opportunity now because um, look, if Shane Lemieux was in a walking boot, I have a feeling he's not going to play next week against the Bengals. Um, probably will miss some practice time. On top of it, uh, you know, Douglas—I don't know if that's a high ankle sprain, a low ankle sprain, or whatnot—he's um, probably going to miss a few days. So this is a really good opportunity for Bredesen to continue to build on it. You know, he started off rough, like you said, with with some of his snapping and. You, you know, not a guy you really noticed, um, but, you know, opportunity is knocking. So will he answer the door?
1: Other guys who sort of uh, had opportunity last night, Saquon say Barkley played, you know, just a handful of snaps. Matt Breida didn't play. So we saw Jay Sean Corbin. We saw Antonio Williams. We saw a lot of Gary Brightwell. And, and to be honest, all three of those guys ran really well last night. They ran hard. I mean, you can credit the run blocking, you know, for some of that, but all three of those guys I thought took advantage of, of opportunities last night and sort of stated a case for why they belong on the 53 man roster.
2: Yeah. You know, I just wrote an article over on giants country about the the running back competition and I went in and I kind of, detailed some, some more stuff. I thought of the three Antonio Williams was probably the most solid. And I say that because of the run blocking, uh, I'm sorry, the pass protection. And I thought Williams was, was most solid in that area. Gary Brightwell ran well, but you know, there were some missed, uh, missed, um, pass pro that, that I saw or some half baked pa- pass pro ops, um, didn't really see a whole lot from uh, Sandro Plotzkummer towards the end. I think he had three runs in a row. He was inserted after the two-minute warning. Um, did help get set up the game-winning field goal by getting them, you know, I think to the six or the seven-yard line. Um, I thought the rookie, Joshua Corbin, um, he reminds me of a, of, a, of a scat back. He is a scat back, a quick, shifty runner who can do things with the ball in his hands. I don't know if he's necessarily a a between the tackles type of guy, but you know, what's good about this collection of running backs uh, beyond Brita and Barkley is that you have different styles and it's just a matter of what's going to fit what the giants want to do. So, you know, do you say, okay, we keep Williams because he's, he's probably the closest to doing everything And do we put Corbin on the practice squad? Do we keep Brightwell? Because, you know, Brightwell can do special teams. So really tough decision, I think, for the coaches based off this one game. But if you were to ask me who I thought won that backup competition, I'm going to give the nod to Antonio Williams, just based on the pass pro aspect.
1: That's just uh, it's such an interesting competition to watch because you can you can make a case for each of them and and they're all different. As you said, somewhat different style runners. All right, Patty, last thing. Let's just sort of, you know, turn turn the page ahead a little bit. Sunday, believe it or not, final training camp practice with fans in attendance. It just seems crazy to me that we've already reached that point in time. It seems like we just got started.
2: Yeah, time flies when you're having fun. And let's face it, this training camp, even though there have been some days where the weather has just been absolutely disgusting and just ridiculously humid and hard to breathe, it's been fun. And you know why it's been fun? And no, it has nothing to do with the company. So don't go taking credit for this, Ed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Would I ever, Patty, would I ever?
2: You always do, come on. It's been fun because if you think about it, this camp, has been drama free for the most part. There's no contract holdout. There's no, you know, guys complaining. There's there's just no drama. And it's gone that way going back to the spring. Brian Dable has done a great job of controlling the drama. You know, even when Kadarius Tony back in the spring was missing for for, from the start of the offseason program, Dable cut that in the bud and didn't allow the drama to escalate. You know, and and I think that's a big reason why camp has been fun. Dable has been, I don't want to say laid back because obviously they are working and there, you know, there are expectations, but he hasn't been, you know, smothering. He hasn't micromanaged from what I can see. And, you know, the you throw in the fact that the fans are very optimistic. You know, Joe Shane is 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 like the anti Dave Gettleman as far as personality goes. Very um open very friendly um excuse me he we saw uh pictures i don't know if you saw these pictures but there were some snaps of him uh actually reaching up and talking to the fans i think before the the game last night such a different atmosphere it's like like a breath of fresh air has come into east rutherford that wasn't there before and that's that buffalo bills influence this is where i you know, going outside of the giants organization where they kind of only knew one way to do things after a while, it was like, you know, look, it's time for a change, bring in fresh perspective, fresh bloods, fresh, um, you know, approaches. And that's why it's been so much fun. And the fans have responded. And I'm glad because, you know, two years in a row, the fans weren't able to come out and see the team and get autographs and pictures and all that stuff. And, this is, you know, I would like to h- hope for the fans and I don't want to speak for them, obviously, but I hope that the two years has, was worth the wait because they've had a really, um, you know, positive experience, I think, for the most part at training camp.
1: Yes, they have Patty and breath of fresh air is is absolutely a good way to uh, to put it. All right. Well, I think uh, I think that's uh, a good place for us to wrap up today, Patty. I will see you out at camp uh, probably at least a couple days next week giants fans thank you as always for listening please like and subscribe if you're watching on youtube subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts if you're uh, if you're listening to us that way today as i said thank you as always for listening stay safe out there take care of each other and we'll talk to you soon bye-bye
0: first thing in the morning as soon as you wake up the to-do list starts